This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club & Resort Chef. In this episode of Club & Resort Talks, we're chatting with Charles Carroll, the executive chef of River Oaks Country Club in Houston, Texas. Chef Carroll has been with River Oaks for more than 20 years and is an incredibly driven individual. He is not only the chef of an $11 million food and beverage operation, he's also an author, he hosts his own podcast series, he's working on a television series, and he's recently launched a new communications company. Chef Carroll attributes much of his success and his ability to balance all of these initiatives to his team, his club, and his passion for what he does. Thanks for joining us today, Chef. I really appreciate it. How are you? I'm doing great. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on. So tell us a little bit about what's happening at River Oaks. Last time we spoke was at the Chef to Chef conference, and you mentioned that you were in the midst of a poolside renovation. How are things going there? (laughs) Yeah, it was fast and furious, and I'm happy to say, proud to say that it went off uh, fantastic, and, and the members really enjoyed the new menu preparations. It was more farm to table, more organic greens and grains and cold pressed juices and those types of things. So really proud how the team came together and and the new look of the the front of the house, kind of a counter service, uh, if you will, for the poolside. And it was refreshing and the members really liked it so much that it it starts is starting to carry over now into the, the regular menus. In what ways? Well, the, I think the, the poolside menus, not 100%, but primarily, you know, the younger generation, right? And so the younger generation is, is probably a little bit more health conscious uh, in their menu selections and what they're trying to order. Uh, and, and so now maybe we're getting the, the younger generation to speak up more of what they'd like to see in the other restaurants in the club. And where those dining areas are maybe frequented by probably more of the older generation. So we had we actually did another uh, makeover in one of the rooms in our restaurants, and we gave that a facelift and new uniforms for the staff, new new menu covers. Uh, we made some adjustments. We have we've had some buffets that have been in our club. Uh, we were trying to track how long, and I think that we figured out that the buffets were uh, that we were offering uh, the, the Tex-Mex style buffets and the Spanish influenced buffets we were offering for 35 years. So we decided to take those buffets away on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, and then come up with some programming that that would hopefully fulfill those buffets or at least the people that were used to having that, those style buffets and started doing those items a little bit more on the carte style. And then at the same time, start offering some more contemporary style plated items. So we kind of dragged the organic and the, and, um, and the greens and grains and touch more modern presentations into the restaurants um, uh, directly after the pool opening. How has the member response been? Are the older members okay with this change? It has been challenging, right? So we're changing the way in people, or at least we're, we're showcasing the way in uh, different food items and menu designs and, and, and plating than the members have seen in the last 35 years, right? So as you know, clubs are, uh, are very particular about tradition, and, and um, some items have been around for forever and ever and ever. So... Uh, but I'll, let me just say this: the, 
right now our numbers are up, uh, which I'm very, very proud to say. Uh, so the covers uh, are up in, um, in these dining rooms, so I'm very proud of that. Where we missed the boat, and I'm happy to share with everybody, was the promotion of what we were doing. That's where we, we fell shy. Even though that we put the information out in newsletters and email blasts, um, we, we should have really thought hard, and that's a good lesson for anybody out there listening, on if you're going to really change something that you've been doing in the club for 35 years, you know, really think every single avenue of how you can communicate and communicate it over and over and again until it happens. And, and so that was one mistake. We didn't communicate. We, we, we thought we had a pretty good campaign. It wasn't good enough because a lot of people came in and say, we didn't know about this. And so they're upset about it. Um, and then the, the second challenge we had was at our club, we have probably around a hundred off menu items, meaning that there's a hundred items that aren't on the menu, but people continue to order. And there's the, some of the, the, the some of the traditions, and some of them are, are ridiculous. But but that just it's just what they do. They order if they want a piece of turkey on a on rye bread, that's what they want, you know. And so what we try to do is limit some of those off-menu items because the the uh, contemporary plate up of what we were doing was so advanced over what we were doing that we were trying to just be focused on getting that out the, to the best of our ability. So we tried to cut back on, on some of those off-menu items for the first week until we got our until we get off the ground, and then we really made a lot of people upset um, because they couldn't get what they always get. Um, and uh, but we got over that quickly. I mean, within a week we were we were back to offering everything that we've always offered. Uh, but again, that wasn't communicated very well. So that was hard. I'll, I'll be honest. But the good news is. As of today, uh, numbers are up in those dining rooms, which means we did the right thing. So uh, it, it takes a it takes a lot, right, to to make change. Um, but at the end of the day, if if you did it and it was the right thing, it was worth it, and that's where we're at right now. I'm sure a lot of your success comes down to the people that you have on your team. Tell us a little bit about how you attract and retain talent. Well, there's two answers to that. Um, part of it we do really well at, and then the other part uh, we're struggling at. And unfortunately, we're in a, a joint. We're, I've never seen anything like the the market that we have right now. And so I'm spending almost an hour, an hour and a half every every day um, the, this past two weeks on going over resumes and trying to get people in the door. I have 75 on my team right now um, on the culinary team that includes purchasing and and uh, stewarding. And, um, man, you know, we're always looking for good people. I assume that every, everybody is experiencing some of this, uh, but the ghosting of we'll make meetings with uh, applicants and for tomorrow at 2 o'clock we'll send them email instructions and, and, and how to get here and they confirm. We tell them a little about the, about the job and they say, yeah, we're excited about it, and they don't show up. And... Uh, I, I would say the overall percentage, the overall is probably 60%, 50 to 60% of we're being ghosted on a regular basis. And, 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 and for, for me, I'm, I'm contributing that to 
uh, everybody's doing everything on their phone right now. They'll just push the button and say, send the resume. So we see the resume. We ping them and say, hey, can we talk with you? Can, you know, we, we call them up. Yes, we're interested. Okay, see you tomorrow at 2, and they hang up. And then then tomorrow when they wake up, they say, oh, I don't feel like going in. Or they sent their resume out to so many places, they don't know where we're at or who we are. Um, and and we're, we're really working hard on communicating all of that with people, but it's just it's just everybody does everything on the phone. They're driving, they're walking, they're doing wherever, and they just don't care, and they don't write stuff down. So so that part of it we're we're struggling with right now, and it's really – shocking to see that uh you know if i get a resume now that that someone's worked uh in a job longer than a year you know that immediately goes into a stronger pile so, you know people are it's really sad and shocking to me to see that that nobody has stayed anywhere longer than a year um so that's that's the 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 gray part of of that answer the the fun part or the successful part of what we do is you know, I have you know what I would call like a green beret sous chef program where I have some some really, you know, some show horses down here that are. You know, I'm looking at one right outside my office window now. These guys are 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 superstars. These guys and gals, we're proud to say I think we're up to 12 now of our exec sous have gone on to get amazing jobs uh, as executive chef. Um, at other properties, so that program is strong, and 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 people are working really hard uh, to move up the ladder. And um, and we work. I'm proud of that. You know, I just had a meeting last night with one of my sous chefs on on some things that we were desperate for for him to step up to the next next plate. So I'm super proud of that, and that one's very very healthy. Tell us a little bit more about how that program works. Well, we, we're looking for people that have four or five years. Uh, experience minimum and uh, true culinarians we pay them a little bit more and of course those spots aren't you know they're, they're highly sought after there's not a lot of them and we're looking for people to come in here and have a commitment and we we ask them what they want to do and where they want to go and then we help them try to get there so the community you know the communication is open from the from the minute they walk in the door and and so we work on getting these individuals to go to the next step uh, to get a sous chef job, maybe get a restaurant job, maybe get an executive sous chef job, and then eventually get them the first executive chef job. And so they know that coming in. We know it uh, coming in. And, and usually what happens is, you know, they never quit. They never give a two weeks notice. If they do leave, um, I would say nine times out of 10, it's something that we, we worked on together and it was, um, you know, they come to me in January. I said, Chef, I think, you know, maybe July, August, after the season, you know, the, the summer season's over, um, I'm thinking I'm ready to find something. And this is what I'm thinking about. This is what I'm looking at, you know. And, and then we work on it together. So they're invested in the program, and, and, and they put two, three, four, five, seven years in here, depending on what level they come in at. And I make sure – that I get them there as best of my ability. And that's the conversation I had last night with this individual is that, you know, it's my responsibility to get you to this level, you know, and I'm going to give you all the tools tool that you can to be successful. And hopefully they grab them. And typically they do. What value is there for River Oaks to have that kind of a program in place? Well, you got serious culinarians, right? 
And if you listen to the first part of that answer that I gave you, the, the, the gray part, you know, that's the part that sucks is, is that, you you know, I'm getting applications that are forklift drivers literally and, you know, cash register, um, stalkers. I mean, so these aren't people that are culinary driven, A, or, or not uh, career culinarians. They're just looking for a, a paycheck. And so, you know, I'm really nervous for, for us in the next five, ten years with a lot of our culinary schools shutting down. I'm really, I'm really nervous about what that's going to do to our industry because um, not that they have to be um, a culinary graduate, but I'm looking for those people that are, that are driven in culinary. So, you know, we take the people in this particular program that have been, been in the business at least four you know, to six years, and they need to tell me what it is they want to do and what they want to accomplish, and it needs to match what we're doing. And as long as we do that, these guys and gals – and they'll chew off the end of the table, do whatever it takes to be successful. So, um, so they're driven. They get it. They 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 understand that. Hey, we need to get business done. Whether it's uh, an eight-hour workday or, or yesterday it was a 16-hour workday and the dish machine broke down with uh, with uh, 700 people in the house. True story. Um, and and well, so we're all going to do. Were you washing dishes? <laughs> well, um, I'm not going to tell you what the maintenance did to get it going, but they got it going and. Um, and uh, we, we, we rocked it out. It was quite a night. But at the end of the night, we were high-fiving, and, and it felt good, even though everybody was dead on their feet. But it was, it was pretty cool, you know. And so these, these are the all-stars that, that when they, they're not waiting for someone to tell them what to do, they're proactive, and, and uh, they're making decisions that are best for the property. So um, it's fantastic. It's, it's you know, it's a, it's a great uh, breeding ground um, the property is for for that type of situation. Are you still doing pop-up concepts at River Oaks? Yes, we are. We usually do it in early fall, and um, we're waiting to see what the concept's going to be this year. You'll be interested to know that um, at the end of this year, we're going to we're going to bulldoze the whole east end of our building, including the entire pool and the pool houses and all of that, which will include all new restaurants and concepts and and pool bars and and um, and new employee dining and all that. So that will probably have some influence on on what it is we're doing. And also we're, we're going to start reinventing ourselves in the banquet service. We haven't started that yet, but we're going to start putting a lot of effort into displays and so on for banquets. So we were, we're looking at another slamming busy year. Never a dull moment there. Yeah, yeah. You get that right. And you yourself, you're very active. You write books, you've got a podcast series, and you've just started a new communication system. Tell us a little bit about what, what's happening with that. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, I'm super proud. Uh, we started a business last year, and, and it's going very, very well. It's called My Company Radio, and uh, there's a website, mycompanyradio.com, and it's in the employee communications enrichment communication system. So the question being how how does top leadership put out a personalized message to 100% of their, their employee team on a regular basis and the answer is never because you can never get everybody in the same room at the same time so we've created a system that the top leadership can give out their weekly or biweekly message and then we take that message and we surround it with motivation inspiration employee engagement employee education 
uh, recognition, and we turned it into an entertaining show, which then is sent to 100% of your team that they can then listen to privately on their own time, which is the big word there, on their own time when it's convenient for them, whether they're in a car or boarding a plane or, or at the kids' baseball game. So um, our goal is to make fans out of the um, employees for the fans of the, of the property, but also fans of, of this show because they can't wait to hear what's next. Um, and it's dynamic, uh, it's educational, it's fun, and that sometimes boring uh, meeting that you have to sit in and, or uh, as an executive team talking about numbers and budgets or whatever the com- you know computers or updates or HR updates is now surrounded with a lot of fun, right, an entertaining show. So we're proud to say we got clubs, we had a lot of clubs using it now, and, and what's happened, which we didn't see coming, was that we have some, we have some clubs using it as a communication tool for their members. So if you can imagine that, it's kind of an audio newsletter, if you will. Um, so, so the newer generation coming through, podcasting, as you know, is one of the most popular ways of media there is right now with over 80 million listeners every month. So it, it's, uh, we're anxious to see where this has taken us. We're pretty excited. How do you balance work and life? You've got so many projects going on simultaneously. How do you how do you maintain that balance? <laughs> Who said I had balance? <laughs> um, and I have a TV show too. I didn't share it with you yet, but we're we're exci- we're so close to having it sold. Um, a pilot uh, is already done on it, and and uh, it's real close. But anyway. I don't. I don't know. It's. It's a lot. It's. It's. Um. You know. I. I did realize a while back, and actually, when I was speaking at your conference, that's when my presentation was about networking. Is I finally realized that that's kind of how my my system is wired. In that, you know, it used to be always the Olympic teams, and then then it was the books, then it was Afghanistan. There was always something, but but I think that that's what makes me jump out of bed in the morning, and that's I guess one of the biggest messages I can give. Anybody listening out there, you know, you gotta find you gotta find in life what makes you tick, what makes you ju- find that thing that makes you jump out of bed in the morning. Because if you if you don't, everybody has something, and if you're not searching for it, looking for it, or if you're ignoring it, then life can be can be pretty miserable. And and I, I didn't figure this out until probably five six years ago, because um, it always frustrated the hell out of my wife. You know, she was. Um, you know, like, what do you, what, what now, you know? And, and then we both kind of realized that there needs to be something right to put gas in my tank. And, um, so we're both learning about that as we go. And I'm blessed to have an amazing family and two beautiful daughters and, and, um, and and an amazing property, you know, River Oaks country club, I've been here 20 years and, and I got a great team. So some days are better than others. So that's what's putting gas in my tank right now. Well, congratulations on all of your many projects and their their success and upcoming success. I'm sure they will be. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time today, Chef. We really appreciate it. Keep in touch. Yeah, well, for sure. And thank you so much for, for uh, having me on your show. And congratulations on your guys' success. That's pretty awesome that you guys are doing a podcast. And uh, good luck with your next uh, your next show coming up. For more podcasts, check out our site, www.clubandresortchef.com.